look at a, what is, Javi, what is your, what does your shirt say? This is what freedom feels like? Woo! Woo! <laughs> it's a prophetic sweater, brother. <laughs> you need it in this frigid, <clears throat> chilly place. Um, so, kind of a lot to cover this morning. Um, I'm actually really excited about, about sharing some vision. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to call this except for Vision Sunday. And every time I have something to share concerning what the Lord is doing and where we're going and, and how He's working, I, I call it Vision Sunday. But um, you guys see my phrase for the week, and if you've been with us, uh, you do know that um, in my studies, in my, in my prayer time, in my intimate place with the Lord, I always, always, always ask, what do you want to say uh, to your people? And he, he does a great job of just keeping it short. <laughs> Um, and it's not always this long, drawn-out phrase uh, we've, we've covered uh, in January, hear me and see me um, and come to me, repent. I mean, we've, we've covered a lot of this stuff, but um, this, I don't want to call this a selfish message, but I will be talking just a little bit about, about me <laughs> um, because uh, I spent some time over the, the last weekend um, in Waco, and I spent some time at a missions conference, and it was a, it was a place where I was able to really just um, kind of get away and get in the presence of the Lord. And so he did some stuff in me, but what he's doing in me is, is, is certainly for the body and not just for me, right? And so we know that it's mutually beneficial when he works on my heart, right? When he works on your heart, it's the same thing. Those immediately, uh, those with closest proximity um, in relationship to you reap um, the fruit of what God does in you first, right? And so uh, being, my, being the congregation here at The Source, you guys get to hear, hear this. And so um, a while back, there was a... Oh, by the way, I just want to applaud Andrea for last week. Will you guys applaud Andrea for last week? Um, she, I know she doesn't want... She's like, I know it's not about me. It's not about, you know, it's about Jesus. You know, I, I get that. Um, but... In her obedience and stepping out and saying, I, you know, I have to teach next week on fear. It was really interesting because while I was in Waco, the Lord was dealing with me concerning my fears and then left her here to speak to you guys about dealing with your fears so that hopefully we would all deal, deal with fear and then this week I'd come back and I would talk about some things that the Lord is doing and we wouldn't step into it with fear but with ex- excitement. And so totally in line with what the Father's doing, I believe. And so thank you for, um, for holding down the fort. Um, so a while back, uh, and so you guys know this, like I took about a year off of, of teaching and using um, the Sunday evening gatherings as a platform for teaching. And then the Lord shifted us, and so then here I am back in this role. Um, and there was, a, uh, there was a person who had a vision um, during a prayer meeting, and, and they had this vision about me, and so they decided to share it with me. And so the vision was, they said that they saw me like in this golden chariot, <laughs> like with the reins and just, you know, these horses in front of this chariot. And I'm like, you know, leading people in the battle is what it was saying. And that there was like a boldness and I was like fierce and ready and there was no fear. And I was like leading people into battle. And I was like, whoa, that's wild. And so I remembered that and I believe I shared that probably about a year ago when it was given to me. And then another time, and I've, I've shared this with some of you, but I want to share it with everybody. Another time I had this, this vision where I was in prayer and, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, 
Jesus, what do you want to show me? And I'm standing on this, on this mountain, and I have this scepter, and I'm like banging the ground with this scepter. And as I'm striking the ground, it's reverberating like through the land, and you can see these like the sound waves almost like bursting out through the land. And so I'm striking, and I'm doing this, this chant, and I'm going, whoo, whoo, whoo. And there's like this sea of people, and they're all in unison following the chant as though we were preparing ourselves for battle. And so with those two visions, um, I thought, okay, Lord, you must be doing something and showing me something. And all of that falls in line with what I believe my Romans 12 grace giftings are with teaching and leading. And so I've always been the kind of guy that I want to teach. Like I, I love the scriptures. I love diving in. I like opening them up to people and telling stories and giving insight and all that stuff. And I step into that, and it's great because the Lord is in that place, and, and I do that, and it's, and it's great. But as considering being a leader in the body of Christ, um, because of my past and because of the way I was kind of groomed to lead, um, I'm afraid, and I have been afraid, there's that, that fear, of stepping out and fully leading boldly without fear, leading the charge, right? And so I think about those two visions, and one, it's we're readying for battle, and the next one is we're going in, right? And so I think that the readying for battle, and I mean, it, there's a lot of things you can do to, to prepare spiritually. And when I say battle, it's, I mean, we're, we're all talking spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual warfare. Proclamation of the gospel is spiritual warfare because it's coming against the lie of the enemy and self-sustenance, right? That we can exist without God. And so that's a, that was the first thing that Satan did in the Garden of Eden was he talked to Adam and Eve and, and he said, um, or he talked to Eve and he says, um, will you surely die, right? You'll be like God, and so essentially, he led her to make a decision that took her away from fully and totally depending on God. And thus, we have all of the woes that the world experiences because we lead by self and we lead independently from God. And so that was a satanic thing that it was, it was Satan, right? He's the one that put that thought that we can exist beyond God. And so then when we proclaim the gospel and we say, you need God, you need Christ, we're coming up against that, that kingdom, right? And so essentially all of this is, is warfare. And so the rallying of the troops is what we're talking about today. And, and, and that's the phrase that the Lord gave me. And he's given me this phrase as I've began to communicate to people in the past. And then he reminded me of it like early this morning while I'm getting ready. And again, it's one of those things where I'm prepping and I'm trying to, okay, Lord, where's this going? What's this going to look like? And then he gives me those last couple of phrases that really tie it all together. And so this morning, kind of what I'm doing is we're talking about uh, rallying the troops. And, and so for, uh, just for clarity, that's you <laughs> and that's me. Um, we're, if, if we're in the kingdom, we've believed in Christ, we're, you know, family in Jesus, uh, we're also on mission for the Father. And so I want to talk about two ways that all of us together, or, or all of us um, how one, we're called to gospel proclamation, and two, we're called to family and discipleship. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Christine come up a little bit after I talk about these scriptures, and she's going to give you guys 
kind of an overview of the vision that the Father has, the Lord's given us concerning the source and this building and the way we interact with amongst each other and then how we partner with other ministries and what the Lord is doing with all that. We call that the hub. So there's a vision for the hub and then, and then the hub extends into the source and then the source houses ministries and births ministries, right? And so there's things that happen at the source. There are things that are ministries of the source, if that makes sense. And partnered with the source. Thank you. And so I want to try and maybe flesh that out and, and kind of help you see that. Um, and, and, and so my heart during all of this is, 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 is this. So I'm sitting over here in worship, and of course I, I just had this, like, this bad morning. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan talked about it too, and, and I'm, I'm just like in this place. I'm like, okay, God, okay, God, okay, God. And um, I'm pressing in, and like I'm, even before he started singing the Alabaster Box song, I'm like there and I'm weeping and I'm saying, I'm pouring my oil out to you. And then the song comes on. I'm like, ah, you know, and it's like, oh, <laughs> and he got the memo apparently. Right. And so, um, and I'm there and I'm just like, yes, Lord, we want to pour our lives out to you. And it reminded me of a scripture in Philippians that Paul said, even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, right. And on behalf of your faith, like, and I just, I just thought about this and, and, and the best thing we could do, the greatest thing that we can do with our lives is pour it out for the sake of Christ and pour it out for, for our Heavenly Father, right? And, and completely sacrifice all of who we are and even everything that we have. And I just, and, and I just thought about that and I said, you know, God, I, I, I believe that what you want to communicate this morning to your people is that um, the best thing for them is to come into complete agreement and alignment with your destiny for them, your purpose and your place. Because he's created you with a purpose and he's created you with a place, right? And he's, in, in Acts it says that he's assigned a time and a place to every man, right? So we're born in, in this time in the 20th, 21st century, right? We're here, we're existing, we're living, we're in Wichita, Kansas of all places, right? And I mean, I know there are other places that are more obscure than where we are, but Wichita, Kansas, like right in the heart of the nation, and there are multiple stories, even in this room, of how the Lord has led different people from all over the nation into this, this place. And I believe it's because He had a purpose. And, we, and, and He loves us so much that He directs and steers our lives in that place, even if we've made foolish decisions along the way. His sovereignty supersedes our stupidity. <laughs> That's a tweetable. <laughs> and so... So he still leads and guides us to this place. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, his heart for you and, and my heart for you is that you fully and completely step in, totally abandoned, fully poured out for him, reserving nothing and doing exactly what he desires for us to do and go where he wants us to go and, and, and plug in and exist in a way that he wants us to exist. And understand, I'm not saying, like, when I say he, what he, we do what he wants us to do, I'm not coming at that from, like, a works-based mentality, but as an obedience, right? So we surrender, say, okay, you're, you know, I'm a son, you know, what are you doing? What is your work, Father? And I desire to partner in that and say yes and be obedient, right? Versus, I want to do what you want me to do because I'm going to feel like I've done something, and then that's going to qualify me, right? So we just want to get that out of the way. And so... Um, this morning, this is somewhat 
of an attempt to then say, okay, hey, um, the Lord has given us vision and he's put things in our hearts and there's things he put in me and I want to communicate some of those things and talk about some of the things that are happening and then give you somewhat of an avenue um, to jump on board, so to speak, or get involved or, or step into, like, I mean, I'm, we're going to share vision and you, some of you are going to hear it and you're going to say, well, that's not me. And some of you are going to hear it and say, that's me, right? And so we want to communicate as much as we can. And so one, the Lord calls us to gospel proclamation. We see that in Mark 16, verse 15. And so do you have that? Yep. So it says, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. So this is one of the commands that Christ has given us. And I would call this gospel proclamation to speak it, to teach it, to model it, to show it, to live it to all nations because the nations are his inheritance. And another scripture says that until the gospel is preached to all nations, uh, when that happens, then he will return. And so I think all of us can say deep within us, we're saying, yes, come Lord, come. Um, But there's also work to be done on his behalf for his glory. So one is gospel proclamation. And so you may have... Um, experienced that or heard that in the in the context of uh, evangelism or I mean some people do street preaching some people go on missions and 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 do gospel proclamation so there's all sorts of different ways that that has played itself out Um, and so then number two I believe that he calls us into family and discipleship so he calls us to proclaim right he calls us to go out but he also calls us into right does that make sense and it's it's both it's both and. And so, family and discipleship, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, and you guys know this one. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age and so I would say that um, gospel proclamation can happen out there, but it can also happen in here. <laughs> and I believe that family and discipleship, making disciples and baptizing and proclaiming can happen out there, but also in here. And so in one instance, we're called to evangelize. And then because of that, we're called to build that family of disciples and that community of disciples, thus disciple community. <laughs> and so... Um, I believe that what the Lord has done for us at the source, so we started in December of 2014, um, and we always started, we, I mean, we started doing Sunday nights, and, and the Lord did a lot through all of that. He's brought us a long way. He's changed a lot of my heart and done, and done a lot of things and done stuff in the people who are with us. And then we move into this, uh, this Sunday morning gathering, we move into this place, into this building, all based on vision that he'd given us and us saying, yes, we desire that. Lord, lead us in that direction. Um, And so I believe what has happened then is that, one, we've gotten really good at family, right? We all love each other. We're really good at getting around a table and eating. (laughs) Um, We we, we gather. I mean, it's what we do. It's like we've always been the kind of people who get together um, as much as we possibly can without going crazy (laughs) And, and building family and loving on each other and meeting each other where we are, speaking into each other's lives. We're really good at family. Um, I would say, I, I, would, I would call some of what we do in, in existing as family as discipleship. Um, but we also have, 
We also have different things that are happening within the church. Like we have classes that happen on on Sunday afternoon and Wednesday evening, and then there's prayer and worship on Friday night, and then once a month I teach a spiritual foundations class, and we do this this place, and there are groups that meet and Bible studies that meet um, Tuesday night and Monday night, and like just all sorts of things that are happening and different ways to plug in. And I'd always, we'd always said, you know, we feel like we're really good at this, but what are we really, do, really doing to proclaim the gospel? And I knew that as we made disciples... <laughs> And as we continue to make disciples, that flows out of discipling people to be lovers of Jesus, lovers and learners of Christ. And so um, those are the, uh, the two things, right? Gospel proclamation and family and discipleship. And I would put that together. Um, that I believe the Lord desires to do in us and through us. And so essentially we've said yes to that. In all of the moves that we've made as a congregation, as leaders, we, we, we're continuing to press into that. And so um, what I want to do is give Christine just a moment to kind of give a little bit of vision of the hub. And just understand, if I can kind of paint the picture, I don't know that I would call it a funnel, but imagine like a drone shot, like up high in the sky looking down. You kind of get a nice big overview of all the things that are, are going to be happening. But then you can like zoom in into the building and then there are other things that are happening within the building that we don't necessarily see from the bird's eye view, right? So I kind of want her to give an overview of what the hub is and the way the Lord has called us to have influence in these seven different areas and partner with all these ministries and do all these different things. And then once she's done with that, I'm going to come back up and I'm going to zoom in to the source and then we're going to talk about some of the things that are happening out of the source and some of the vision the Lord's given me for outreach and gospel proclamation and discipleship and all these different things. So does that sound good? Are you guys tracking along with this? <laughs> Portia says no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all right, here you go. Thanks. Um, okay, just so I don't forget anything, I have to pull up a little note because sometimes I do this. Um, Okay, so basically, I'll tell you how this came about. Um, Some of you kind of know about this, but um, there was a time when God was just giving downloads to different people, and still this is happening. (laughs) It continues to happen and to grow, but um, what happened at one point was, especially to my sister, Kim, if you guys know her, she couldn't be here this morning. She would be giving this talk instead of me, um, except for they said, hey, can you punch it? And so I'm like, all right. And so anyway, um, she received this major download from God about um, this hub. And she didn't know what to call it except for the hub. And it's like a ministry hub. And if you get the idea of a heart, it's like, people coming in and going out. That was kind of the idea. And um, he just gave this really clear picture um, to me and to her together about these different, these seven different areas of influence that we would have in these, I guess, focal points that God wanted us to have. And this was a little different than anything we'd been a part of before because You know, we've been a part of starting ministries and stuff like this quite a bit. And it's mainly been, God, we're doing this for you here, (laughs) instead of 
God saying, here's exactly what I want you to do, now do it. And so um, anyway, we're like, okay, well, this seems like way beyond everything that we could do. And um, God was really showing us that it wasn't about building a church. It was about connecting the church and empowering the church. When I say the church, I'm talking about all of the body of Christ. And so um, it seemed really strange that he would choose this very tiny little group of people to start a movement in the body of Christ. I mean, it seems strange to us because we're like, why would you choose us? You know? And uh, he just, I think sometimes, just if we have a heart for God, he, he wants to use those people who are humbly seeking him to start really affecting people. And so anyway, um, so these different, these seven different areas of influence, let me just share a little bit about what they are. Um, the first is worship and intercession. And this was something that he really showed us was going to be 24-7. This isn't something that was, hey, you need to have a worship band. You know, which is kind of where we came from, is, all right, we'll have a worship band. <laughs> this was about people coming in all the time who feel led to, to lead people into the throne room through worship. And to really do that worship as warfare, like you were talking about. And to intercede, I mean, all the time. To where there would be just times of intercession constantly coming. And so, anyway, um, this was kind of a major thing. And one of the things that he showed us is that this hub would be constantly moving. It would be a constant in and out, like a spiritual marketplace. Stuff happening all over and the funny thing is, he showed us this before we ever even knew about this building. And we had no idea that God would call us. We had actually no idea how it would even come to pass at all. Um, but then God said, hey, see that church over there? Go pray on those steps. And so we're like, okay. And so we did that, and he just started pouring out more and more vision. And what happened was we ended up here. <laughs> it's so crazy. And so anyway, um, okay, so after worship and intercession is missions and this is something just like what you were talking about this is not just missions overseas though that it is included it's also simply missions serving the people in the world and bringing them to the lord and so it's anyone you know just like church on the street what they do this is a really good example because church on the street they go out to reach people for christ and their part, it's like they're not the source, but they're partnering with us. And so they go, I connect to that part. We love you guys. Let's do it. And so that's kind of how we are. So it's not about taking over different ministries who feel connected. It's about letting them do their thing, but empowering them, giving them a place of rest and refuge and, and even Bible study or whatever it might be that, that helps them do their best in what their mission is. And then... Um, Word and teaching is the other thing. And so this is a big deal about um, really having people who are gifted in teaching the Bible and teaching people how to come into relationship with him. And so just like what Jason does, he's a perfect example of this word and teaching influence. And so we know that that's a major part. This is also supposed to be something that resources the body of Christ. And so resources is another one of the the areas of influence. And so this is about creating resources for the body in videos, in um, books, in teachings, and also in, for instance, 
um, you know, like you guys went to Houston uh, to help with the cleanup and stuff, and that happened. And there was a big resource center where, where they had all these things that the body needed. And so just like what church on the street does with the clothing and, and with that sort of thing, that's also resources as well. And so um, just something to get the people connected. And then the other is kingdom order. And this is something that um, has to do with helping those who get these downloads from God about starting something, kind of like we did, to help them get rolling in the way that God wants them to. And so God has empowered us to help bring his order. So we are a reflection of heaven here. We want heaven on earth is really what we want. And so anyway, um, we've had several different ministries who didn't have any idea what they were doing. They just got this download from God and said, hey, can you help us? And so um, we kind of, we call ourselves an apostolic resource center. We just want to help people get their stuff rolling in the way that God wants them to and say, now, did God really tell you this? Or is this something you just kind of thought would be a good idea? You know, (laughs) because this is, yeah, I mean, honestly, we do that by accident all the time. And so anyway, um, we've been helping these different people in the, in the, not just this area, even in different areas of the United States right now, get things rolling that they feel like they're supposed to start. And so um, some of those, you guys know about um, uh, the Boys Ranch. What's that called? Blue Sky Ranch. Have you heard of that? No? Okay. Well, this is it's an amazing place. It's, it's down near Hayesville, kind of. And uh, they are what we call a freedom outpost. And it's really about um, these boys who are sent here because they're troubled, basically. Um, They live there, and they learn there. They grow in relationship with Christ there. They learn um, skills. They do all of this. There's much more to to their, um, I guess, their mission of what they do. But it's, they have equine therapy, stuff like this. It's really helping them get what they're supposed to do up and rolling and get <coughs> stuff happening. And so that's kind of what our kingdom order um, is, is about. And then also healing. We, we have a real influence on healing. And this is both inner healing, like emotional healing. I don't know if you guys have heard of Freedom Ministries and Sozo and stuff like that. It's really about um, having an encounter with God that changes Um, the trauma that you've experienced or um, any of that kind of inner healing. And then also this is about physical healing and about, you know, um, God really working through the miracles of healing and also through health and all of that. So that's kind of the healing stuff. And then also training and mentoring. And so this sometimes has a little overlap into the word thing, you know, but the training and mentoring has to do with these mentoring groups that help people grow and just be discipled. And so it's about training them, giving them the tools they need, but also helping just, hey, we don't want only you to be following a person. It's not about mentoring in a way that they're following us instead of following Jesus, but it's about helping them grow in their relationship to follow Jesus only. And so anyway, those mentoring groups, that's kind of what we do. That's what God has called us to. And so anyway, there are many people that... This isn't about, hey, are you qualified to do this? Did you go to school for four years? This is about, did God call you into helping people like this? Is this something that you go, that lights me on fire. This is what God made me for. 
you know? And if this is something that God made you for, then let's partner together to make it happen in the body of Christ. And that's really what the hub is about. It's about connecting people from all over the world, actually. It's not just about here. It's about everywhere. And I've just been blessed to be a part of um, this great ministry to people all over the world and seeing how they are so blessed by our ministry here at The Source. I mean, I've had people say, I just I want to come and visit. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so funny. You can visit our little place, but it's really not about that. It's about the spirit of the Lord at work. And so that's why they get blessed. It's not really about just because we have this giant little congregation or something. You know, I mean, this isn't what we do. We aren't about building our thing. We're about building the kingdom. And so, anyway, that's all I have. Yeah, so um, a lot a lot to consider, but we, we honestly, we believe that the Lord's leading us into that. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that we knew when we started coming and praying on the steps of this building was that for, for this place to, for us to be in this place, um, it wasn't going to take just one ministry, but multiple ministries, and the Lord uh, entered... <laughs> entered us into a season where there was a congregation here who had the time and the money to, to get this place usable and, um, and get some HVAC and, and lighting and plumbing and all that stuff put together. And then Church on the Street was here, and then there's Guadalupe Clinic who's here also. So even like at the very beginning of this building coming back to life, so to speak, um, there were multiple ministries already existing here. So we were seeing that, that vision of the hub, right, Ministries partnering for the gospel of Christ, not ministries absorbing each other to build one big ministry, right? So it's just saying, you know, you guys are called to this, you're called to this, you're called to this. Well, why not let us help equip you and love on you and resource you to be able to do that, right? Um, and then even expand your reach. And so um, we still believe that vision is alive for the hub. And we've seen it continue to come to pass in the partnerships and the networking that we have with other ministries in the city and in, and in the world. Like, we're able to really come alongside people that we know and love in Christ. And so the hub, again, is like kind of this, this big overview. And, uh, and, I, and I love the way that they branched everything out. Like, as far as having a resource center and having uh, teaching in the words always going to be going on. Worship and intercession is always going to be going on. We're going to um, create different, we're going to create multimedia that's going to help expand the reach of the teachings and the mentoring and all that stuff that happens. And so I have a lot of things that uh, the Lord has, uh, has moved me into that I'm really excited about, and I get to be a part of the hub, but also kind of zooming in then on disciple community. So I know that my role here is teacher and leader, so there's going to be teaching um, of the scriptures. And so this is one platform where teaching happens, right? But I've always kind of been, I don't know, I've just said this statement before. I said, if somebody's gifted, right, James, if you're gifted in teaching and you go and work for a church, you may have the opportunity to teach on a Sunday morning. Depending on the denomination, maybe you can teach Sunday night and Wednesday night as well. So three times a week, we're utilizing your gifting teaching in a larger platform. And depending on how they're structured, you may get 30 to 45 minutes per sermon. So you're in your gifting, giving that to the body of Christ for roughly two hours or so a week. And I just always wonder, why not create different platforms 
for people in their giftings to live out those giftings, right? And when we think about the hub, I think about not me just being the only guy teaching, but if there are other teachers, let's say, James, let's just say you get a word from, from the Lord and you, you want to share that with a group of people. Well, then why not on a Tuesday night at 7, come here, right? Let everybody know, hey, I've got this teaching. I want to give this to the body. And then we invite people and we come and you teach that to them. But at the same time, we get it on audio and put it on a podcast. And we get it on video and shoot it out on YouTube and Facebook and get it on the website. And then we take your outline and we put that in a PDF and make it downloadable so people can study through it, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the mentality that we have. Let's multiply our efforts and multiply our resources and and help people to step into those places and give them a platform where they might not necessarily get that platform, right? You haven't gone to four years of school, well, then you're not qualified. Well, that's nonsense. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so this is the kind of thought process that we're having concerning the hub and so I want to I talk a little bit about last week uh, when I was in Waco, Texas. So I went to a missions conference called World Mandate that's put on by Antioch Community Church. And Antioch Community Church, they have uh, different churches all over the nation, actually, and some churches that they planted in, uh, in the nations. And so for 30 years, um, they've been doing this conference. It started off with a college pastor getting college kids together in a room and getting their hearts stirred for international missions. And not only getting their hearts stirred, but then also giving them opportunity to then go. And so last year, they, they did a campaign called Engage the Crisis, where they sent mission teams from all over the nation to, um, the, uh, to where the refugees were going. Syrian refugees, and they sent multiple teams and hundreds of people overseas to go engage the crisis. This year they're doing Engage the Islands. They're going to Indonesia, um, and they're going into some primarily Muslim countries and, and Muslim places to bring the gospel of Christ. And so they were focusing on Indonesia. But I have to tell you a little bit about my experience there and kind of why that has all led into what you're doing here today. And so, one, I don't want you to think that, like, um, you know, sometimes they talk about conferences that pastors go to as kind of like um, summer camp for pastors, right? So we get this summer camp high for Jesus, and then we come back and we're like, we're going to do all this different stuff. So it's not that I went and the Lord gave me new things to communicate. Oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to go to Indonesia. No, what he did while I was there was he stirred up what he had already been showing me. And he reminded me. Have you ever seen like... I don't know, let's just say like a, a, a bowl of something and it sat there for so long that the substance has, has then shifted or sifted all the way to the bottom and then the top, so there's like an obvious layer. So there's like a layer of water on top and there's like sand and grit and stuff down at the bottom. So I feel like essentially what the Lord had been doing to me was stirring me up in my spirit for certain things and it sat stagnant for so long it's then separated. And so I believe what he did while I was there was he kind of stirred it up again and showed me all of everything that had just kind of settled in because of the busyness of life, right? And so while I was there, um, there were a couple things that happened. And so the first thing was um, because this church is in Waco, Texas, they showed a video of when they went on mission to Houston, Texas in response to Hurricane Harvey. 
And we sent a team to do that. And that was an amazing thing. And if you guys were here, you remember how the Lord like moved in me in such a way that I just, I wept and I was broken. And I said, it wasn't, should we go? It was, we have to go. At least I have to go. And if you desire to come with me, well then come on. And it was an amazing thing. I mean, we had, we had thousands of dollars given. We had thousands of dollars worth of supplies donated. Um, we had a team of roughly, it was eight or ten, I can't remember, that went down and we spent uh, nearly a week there and we were able to serve and, and um, pray with people and give and receive. And, and it was just this amazing thing. Um, and so as I was watching this video, it's like, of course I get emotional, so I'm starting to like to tear up just a little bit. And it was like at that moment in my spirit, I said, yes, Lord, again, whatever you desire. And I knew at that point in time, not that he was calling me like back to Houston, but to be prepared for the next thing that he would send us to. Right? I believe we can prepare. We can be reactive and then we can be proactive. And in that, in that first trip, I was reactive. The Lord said, go. And I was reacting and I moved. Right? And so... I'm anticipating that the Lord is going to stir something again to call us to go and we can proactively prepare so that when that time comes, we jump and we go and we say, yes, Lord. And here's, here's the crazy thing I want to tell you about the video they, they played. There was a pastor in Houston, Texas of, of Antioch Community Church in Houston. And he said three days before Hurricane Harvey, he said he had a dream and he said that he, had a, he, he could like see this globe and he could see the hurricane, right? And that it like zoomed in and he saw the city and it was like underwater. And then it like shifted and he saw these people and they were in their homes and they needed help. And so the Lord gave him a dream of the disaster that was going to hit Houston in three days. And he said he called his team together and he was just like, I don't know what's going on. You're probably going to think I'm crazy because this is always how we preface the things the Lord shows us. We're gonna, I know I seem crazy, but, right? He said, I think something's going to happen in Houston and we need to be prepared. So let's get ready now. And they said they started getting ready. They started getting supply. I mean, they moved when the Lord said move. And he said, in just a couple of days, there was something that started to form out there in the sea. And then just a couple of days later, boom, Houston gets hit. And they were ready to go like, the Lord had, I mean, it's it just so crazy how the Lord cued them up to, to be shot out into the city to show the love of Christ. And that just blows my mind. Like, he's showing people, right? Preparing their hearts for the things that are going to happen, right? In the scriptures, Jesus said, and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, right? And then he said that he will show you things to come. And he will be the one that will convict people of sin and righteousness and repentance, right? And so, yeah, sometimes the Spirit will tell the future, it's not always like that, but sometimes he does. And so I feel as though in that moment I was realizing we need to be prepared. And I don't know when something's going to happen or what's going to happen, but if we're going to be this hub and we're going to be the hands and feet of Christ and we're going to say yes to gospel proclamation and family and discipleship, that saying yes isn't just saying yes when the time comes, but saying yes now so that we're prepared mentally, physically, and spiritually, and financially when that time does come. And so I believe that falls in line with the, with the hub and the resource center. How can we start pouring in to a resource center so that we can be ready to respond in times of need and in times of crisis. And so it's not just money, but it's people, it's hearts, 
right? It's our lives saying yes to be dedicated first and foremost, that we would say, yes, I will be poured out like a drink offering. So when the time comes, pour me out. But I will also give my time, energy, my resources, my time, talent, treasure, whatever you want to call it, to help when that time comes. And so this is me, Jason Villanueva, um, as a teacher and a leader in the body, um, saying that it is my hope and my desire that we can start moving forward. Uh, one, that, we can, that, that I will say yes to what the Lord is showing me concerning these things. And then I would ask people to be a part of that. Um, and so that was, that was one thing that he showed me. The other thing that he showed me was, uh, so there was this time where we were all worshiping and they started popping up different names of, of different countries on the screen and we'd all gather and we'd start praying for those nations. And um, it was like Indonesia, okay, yeah, Lord. And then it was like China, yeah, Lord. And then it was India. And it just hit me like deep in my spirit. And it was like God said, I've already provided for that. And I'm like... I mean, we, we have thousands of dollars in our bank account right now earmarked for India missions, and it's been that way for nearly two years. And I've been living in fear. I've been living in fear that, one, I was like, well, I, I just want to make sure we go at the right time. I, I mean, all that's good. But I think that those statements were manifesting from a deeper fear of actually just going, right, and being obedient. And so it was as though the Lord said, I've already provided resources for that. And I said, okay, well, let's do it. And so I knew that coming back, I would say, we have funds for India. I mean, at this point in time, it might be like two, three plane tickets. I'm not really sure how much that cost. But at least plane tickets for three people, and if the Lord desires to send an entire team, well, he's going to provide for that too. But he's already set the ball in motion. And I stopped it because I was like, well, I don't know when and who and where, right? And so that's another thing he stirred up in me. Remember, right, this is, we've, I've already provided for that, right? And so, okay, Lord, yes to India. And show us when, who, how, and where. And we're, we're going to do that. So I'm saying, yes to res- I'm saying yes to mission in response to crisis. I'm saying yes to mission in India. And I'm saying yes to mission locally. And the way I'm saying yes to this is in this, in this way, in this regard. And again, it's not me just making things up. It's what the Lord has already started doing and done, and we've responded in one way or another in the past. And so um, a while back, uh, so, so the day that we got back from Houston, you guys have heard this already, the day we got back from the Houston mission trip, uh, Kingdom Equipping was happening Sunday night in, the, in the, um, the reception hall. And Stephanie was up there. She's given some testimony and just talking about how the Lord like reached into, into the darkness of her life and, and rescued her. And, uh, and, and it was as if like the Lord was say, saying to me, I'm in the business of rescuing people out of the darkness. Right, and she mentioned some things about how she'd been spending time on South Broadway and, and, and getting into some some dark things there. And so I'm thinking about that, and I'm just like, man, there are people there, like how she was, and the Lord is going into those dark places and He's rescuing people out of that craziness. And I was like, if He's doing that, why aren't we there? Why aren't we down there helping with that? Right? And it's not that I was like feeling bad, but it's that I had faith for the first time in a long time that. Christ can save a broken person, right? And Christ can rescue somebody out of darkness because she was a testimony. Here she is, 
Jesus rescued me. Jesus rescues people. And it's like it just a switch went on me, and I'm like, I believe he does that. And so at the end, she read Isaiah 61, and she said, you know, if you just feel like this resonates with you and God has put that call on your life, just stand up, and we're going to pray for you. So I stand up, and Kim puts her hand on me, and, and they start praying. And I have, this, I have this vision in my mind. I can see, like, in my mind's eye, like that black screen you see, and I just started seeing things forming there. And what I saw was, like, a parking lot of a motel on South Broadway. And I could see how, like, if you've ever driven into one, and it's a, or it's a motel, right? So then it's kind of this, this U-shape. So there's rooms here, rooms here, then rooms here, and this is all like a parking lot. And right in the middle of the parking lot was a table. And the table was set as if there was a banquet or a dinner being there. It was like nice plates and nice forks and a tablecloth and, you know, a centerpiece. And I, I see these, these chairs around the table. It must have been like eight to ten chairs or something like that. Not that many and then, and then I see people starting to come out from inside of the rooms and sit at the table. And then I see myself communicating the heart of the Father for them where they are. And then we sit and we have this meal. And, and then I, I, I then envision the, the trailer that we have. We have this 24-foot trailer. Um, and right now it's, it's basically empty with nothing in it, um, except for, like, we have an event grill, <laughs> And so I'm thinking like, man, the Lord has like given us a way to go. He's given us a grill to use to cook. Like, and, and he's starting to show me like, I've given you the resources to do this. And I just have this vision. And, and, and in my heart, I'm like, what if we went to the motels and knocked on the doors and invited the people to sit down and have a meal? And we just shared a simple story about who Jesus was. Right? Even, the, even just the parable where the king invites them to the banqueting table and people make excuses and they can't come. And he says, go to the highways and the byways and go out to the mountains and, the, and, and invite everybody in. Like that's a, and so we're here because the Father loves you and we want to eat with you. Right? I mean, when was the last time one of those people maybe living in a motel sat down at a nice dinner? I mean, granted, we'll be strangers and there's a lot of things. I mean, there's administration and like favor and things that need to happen. But he gave me the vision, and I remember I heard it, and then later that night I told it to Kim. And then the next day, I had a conversation with my friend Andy in Nebraska. And he says, hey man, I've really been thinking about the source and how you guys do ministry, like kind of, you know, out of the box and what we can do, and we're just trying to do something different. And and he's like, I've been reading this book. And um, he's like, have you ever heard of Dinner Church? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm like reading this book about like this guy in Seattle who had a dying church. And then he just started hosting these dinners and inviting these people to these dinners. And so now these dinner churches are popping up and people are coming to the Lord and being saved and all that stuff. I'm like, dude, I just had this vision last night, right? And so that was one. Probably about a week later, I sat down with a lady named Liz and I began to share this vision with her. She goes, oh yeah, there's this guy in Brazil that does that. It's called the Father's Love Banquet. And they spend a couple times a week out in the streets of Brazil um, spending time with, with prostitutes and people of the street and homeless people and just getting to know them and building relationship. And then once a month, they host this thing called the Father's Love Banquet. And then they like they just love on these women and they give them clothes and they speak the Father's heart over them and they tell them about Jesus and they have a meal together. And I'm like, what is going on? 
And so I began to share that vision with, with quite a few people. And one of the things I've been praying for is, was team and timing, right? We need people to do it, right? And we need to know when to do it. And so I kind of tabled that. And then this past weekend, the Lord stirred it up again. He said, remember this. And so there are ways that the source will partner with other ministries in their efforts but then there are ways that the Lord's going to stir things up in us and ministries are going to be birthed out of the source. So there will be things that happen at the source and there will be ministries birthed out of the source. And one of the things that, that so I, I mean, it's all semantics, but this is disciple community, which I believe is something birthed out of the source. It's birthed out of our heart to equip and disciple and send and to resource and to embrace our roles and calls in the body. I'm embracing my role and my call to leading and teaching in the context of disciple community to help stir up disciples to birth ministries and step into places where the Lord has called them. So I'm not recruiting you to this, right? And this isn't, this isn't like we're all going to do this. Not everybody here is called to go love on a prostitute. Many of us wouldn't even know what to do, but there are some of us who do know what to do. So there's some of us who have been gifted with, with mercy and we have empathy, right? And we're willing to lay our lives down and be poured out like a drink offering so a prostitute on South Broadway can come to know the Lord, right? And then be moved into family and discipleship. And so I, I, I'm telling you this, I'm telling you all of these things because Something that happened to me when I was there in Waco is essentially I said yes again to, to what the Lord has called me to. Because I'd been fearful of, <laughs> I'm going to make the statement, I've been fearful of utilizing methods and strategy and leading in such a way that I would become the people that I make fun of in different churches by the way they do church, right? So I've, I've honestly and openly made fun of people and scoffed and, and said snide remarks about, well, you know, maybe we should do a mailer. You know what I mean? Like, just dumb things like that. Well, you're not going to market. I mean, I've said these things, and I know all those things flow from a good heart, but I had been so bitter and angry and prideful towards those things. And so part of me being afraid to step fully into a role of leader was a fear of stepping back into old ways that would stir up some of that stuff in some of our people. But I remember um, Kim told me that this would be the year where we leave the past behind and we step into what the Lord has called us to do. That there's not going to be any more talk of this. Well, we used to be this and we used to be that. No, we're the, we're the source. The Lord has called us into the hub to equip, resource, send, evangelize, be on mission, do outreach, love each other, disciple, quit. And that's what we're going to do. And the way that we do it is the way that he's leading us to do it. It has nothing to do with where we've come from or what strategy or method we picked up along the way that we didn't agree with, right? He says, leave it behind and move forward. And so I had to say, okay, Lord, that means that, you know, me stepping into this role, I've got to be willing to do all these, these different things and and, and lead, really lead, and rally the troops, and, and communicate, and give vision, and, and start teams, and, and ask for money, you know, I mean, just different things like this, and like, yeah, I'm going to do that, because this is what he's called us to, and because my greatest desire for you is that you step into that destiny that the Lord has placed in you, and if he's given us these avenues that we can go down to step into that, well, then I need to make you fully aware of the, those avenues, and I need to work in my role as leader to help move people in that direction, to rally the troops, to hit the scepter, right? To get the war cry going, who, who, 
Whew, right? We're going to do this, right? And so again, this isn't something where it's like everybody has to be a part of everything, but we want people according to their giftings and according to the call that the Lord has placed on their lives to know that there are opportunities and that we're going to be moving in a certain direction moving forward um, by saying yes to all of these things. Um, and so I want to read this real quick. John fifteen sixteen says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And so the Father, Jesus said, I chose you and I've appointed you, and you're going to go bear fruit for my kingdom, for my name, for my glory. And you're going to ask whatever in the name of the Father, and I'll give it to you. Now understand, that's in the context of bearing fruit. If we ask Jesus, or we ask the Father in the name of Jesus for things, for whatever that is going to bear fruit for the kingdom and for the Father and for His glory, well then He's going to give it to us. It's not for the glory of self. It's not for the glory of the source. It's not so the hub can grow, the source can grow, and say, hey, look what we did. We were in Wichita. We were nobody, but now people know us. Nah, 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 nah. That's not the case. The case is the Father's given us vision. We want to glorify His name in the earth. And so we're going to begin to ask whatever <laughs> we need in the name of Jesus and approach the Father and say, in the same way that Nehemiah approached the king and asked for resources, we're going to ask the king for resources. We're going to ask the king for people. I mean, here's the thing. For, for us to move forward in this vision, we don't just need money. And we don't just need people who say yes. What we need first and foremost is Christ fully manifest in us. Right? So we need the freedom in our own hearts Freedom from fear. We need to know the Lord intimately. We need the spirit of sonship, crying out, Abba, Father. We need a full understanding of the gospel of grace and forgiveness, right? There's a work to be done in us. And so I, I feel like the Lord had told me that we need to prepare spiritually, and that's part of it. If we're going to help people step into freedom, we have to possess the freedom that we're asking people to step into, right? So spiritually, we need to prepare Physically, we need to prepare, and I and I. Here's what I here's what I was thinking about physically. When we went to Houston, we busted our tails, and I and I I know that there was some supernatural power that was at work in us over that weekend because we I was I was busted up when I got back. I mean, exhausted to the core. But you know, I've always had this mentality, like as far as like losing weight and working out, it's like you know I want to look good, I want to look good, I want to look good, or whatever it is. And I thought, you know, have I ever considered health? as a tool to prepare me to be able to do whatever the Lord asked me to do for his glory, right? So if it's like showing up and emptying a, a three-bedroom apartment of all of this crap because it's been waterlogged from a flood, it's like how much more, like if I've said, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that, and so I'm going to take care of my body, right? Do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So like... Am I going to take care of my temple so that I'm in a healthy place so that when he says go, I can go? That, that was just my mentality concerning that physical part. It can mean whatever he, the Lord needs it to mean to you. Mean to you. But then also financially, we're going to prepare. Um, and so that means uh, whether he moves in your heart to start to give towards some of these things or at, even as a finance team, we're going to look at our finances 
And we're going to say, how can we allocate a certain percentage every single week or month towards some of these places that we're going to start going on mission and, and doing the work of the Lord, right?